For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Jaybird Watching. I am your host, Craig Borden, here with my new gang of cohorts. I have uh, Ken Alfred with me, along with Jason Lyons. How are we all doing this evening? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you guys doing? Really good, really good. You know, yeah. another uh, another week, more. Uh, the, we, the baseball gods seem to be feeding us every at every turn with new delicious morsels of ideas and trades and Delicious talk. morsels or delicious cheese. morsels, That's yeah, and you know Japanese superstars, and you know just it, it's it's awesome. It's a great off season if you're gonna have an off season to talk baseball. Yeah, and to that point, there is plenty to dive in and talk to uh, this evening. I just wanted to you know mention this whole fact that I am six degrees from Buffalo, New York, and it has been green and grassy here. I know if anybody's been reading the national news, <laughs> but there ask. is. <laughs> six feet of snow not even our west of me wow and there is no snow here in rochester new york crazy it is literally the first time of my full in tenure of living on this planet that it has not happened like that it's usually if they get six feet of snow we get three feet at a minimum wow. <laughs> you know it's only crazy. 45 I was minutes to an snow. hour I was going to ask well, you about this. I could show you right now. It's beautiful, nice and green outside. <laughs> or, well, mud because it's my backyard. It's rain, been raining a little bit. So I just, I really don't get it. Mother Nature's a fickle wonder. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, but to that point, as far as fun goes, guys, why don't we talk about the first topic? And that is the renovations are go. We're at the next level almost. Yeah. <laughs> so now as you guys probably you know as you guys have probably figured out i work for a large renovation home building company so whenever we're going to talk renovations i get a little bit more excited so <laughs> glad to see the uh glad to see the reno started i'm glad to see that uh um you know it, it, it i've taken a look at the plan a couple of different times i think it creates a couple of really interesting um seating situations and and some coolness um that i feel like some of the stadiums unfortunately lack but uh Awesome to see it started, and uh, you know it's always nice to see a a promise followed through on um, in, in any regard uh, when it comes to professional sports. I think that's the key there, because we're actually getting something new. They like said this is the biggest renovation that they've had since the actual inception of the Sky Dome. So this is a big undertaking, and I don't know if anybody's seen the video that happens to be floating around on social media or not, but they've already taken a good couple big chunks out of the outfield wall where they're going to start building these club levels and things like that for the outfield it is very intriguing and i do everything we've seen it's going to look like a real ballpark i think at the end of the day yep. not that it was bad to begin with beforehand no. i am still that is still one of my favorite ballparks retractable roof remember a retractable roof that, that used to be the big selling feature of the sky dome yeah. So, and it is still the most unique, I think, retractable roof I've ever seen. Because if you get look like look at the brand new ballpark that they built down in Texas for the Rangers, that thing is it literally looks like a grill top to me, and it just goes shink. <laughs> That's all yeah. it does. You know, the, I, have you ever seen the one in like Seattle? The yeah, one Seattle in Seattle is pretty cool. clever, at least. Yeah, it's it's really neat, and it um it does take quite a while to like they have to decide to close it. I think like two hours before game time. Um. 
But yeah, I mean, I've been in it closed and open. It's a good, great stadium. I love the look of it. Like when you're driving by it on the highway, it looks really neat with the, it's got the big open girders that roll the, the roof rolls on. So it's kind of a neat thing. So yeah. Ken, you've seen yeah. pictures of the new renovations and everything that's going on. You know, obviously it's a means to an end to keep, you know, this a functional fan experience for, you know, until they finally do figure out what's going on for the, you know, Blue Jays downtown or not downtown yeah. area ballpark. <laughs> um, give us your thoughts. Give us the rundown. No, I'm just, I was watching the video and it looks amazing that it looks, I, I love the renderings right near the end where it kind of shows what it's going to look like. So I'm, I'm very excited to see it. Now, we're all, to, correct me if I'm wrong, we're, we're just changing like the seating. We're not doing anything to the actual dimensions of the field, right? The field's still, still going to remain the same. It's just the seating is just going to be laid out a little bit differently. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to do that eventually, but I believe that this part of the off season was literally all, or this part of the renovation was all fan base. So it's all the um, areas that they're going to be getting for these club levels and things like that. I believe going into the following season in the 20 to start 2024, they're going to have those raised bullpens all done that little bit of a change to the outfield wall configuration. I don't know if they were doing the wall or not this year, but they did specifically mention the bullpens being raised up to be that fan experience right there instead of them being sunken in and entrenched like they are currently. Um, wow. That's going to happen next off season. So it's so, also, oh, this is not even done yet. So they're just, this is just like phase one. Doing it like phase one, phase two. Wow. Do we have a price tag on that? How much? Uh, don't ask. Don't $11 billion. $11 billion? I said 11T. <laughs> Three. Don't ask. No, you, you probably don't. It, it's actually the full reno. Is uh, three hundred million? Yeah. So somebody's getting uh, in there on that. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got yeah, their, so, uh, their recorder back open again? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Now that I now that I'm looking, like I looked at it a little earlier, but the, the three hundred million—that's that's a decent chunk of change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Decent chunk of change to the point where, like I said, this isn't just a short term. This is. They're they're fixing this up for the next ten years of baseball. Yeah, you would think in this renovation. Yeah. And honestly, I hope that in the midst of them doing all this renovations, the next piece to this whole thing to me is they do all this work to show that they're doing all this cool stuff for the fan experience, and then they're going to hopefully get another damn All Star game for the Blue Jays fans to have in Toronto. I think that's what they're trying to do, or they're really pigeonholing or sorry, positioning themselves into that, right? Because. <laughs> You're going to spend all this money. You got to pretty it up. I mean, how do they determine who decide who actually gets the All Star game? Like, is it like, usually it's whoever has the new stadium? Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's I was how doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't know what's going on on that whole level for that. To the you know the Blue Jays fans are going to get something better out of that whole experience. Um, the last big All Star game for something like in the Blue Jays situation, it's had to have been the Kansas City Royals when they did all their massive renovations to Kauffman Stadium. And redid the water park, or not, you know, the water fountain configurations and that whole fan experience out on the outfield. Um, and then they got the all-star game two years after that. So I would think that means good things for Blue Jays fans. I agree. Yep. So what's who, where's the all-star game next year? Have they made I it out Seattle? Seattle. Seattle? Yeah. So good times. So hopefully that's coming in the Blue Jays future. But anyway, before we keep talking on nothing but you know, things like that. I will give you a 50-50 if this is a good thing for Blue Jays fans or not over the last week. But unfortunately, guys, we said bye-bye to Mr. Seeds, as in Teoscar Hernandez. <laughs> so and for you, all of you that didn't know that nickname, that's what he always wore on his uniform for the yep. Players' Day. Yep. When they are allowed to put whatever name they want on their nameplate for their jerseys, it was always Mr. Seeds. And if you watched him do any kind of home run dance celebration with anybody ever, it's pounds of seeds <laughs> poured over somebody's heads. Yeah. So hence Tay Oscar is Mr. Seeds. Mr. It did seeds. hurt to see him in the too early um, rendering of his uh, Seattle Mariners jersey online the other day. I was like, oh, that was one of my boys. I really <laughs> liked watching him. He was always having a great damn time playing the game of baseball. And he came up with some really, especially this last year, came up with some big clutch hits for the Blue Jays. So that yeah, is one they're going to feel. He's always been a very, very, very solid bat. Um, my knock on him has been his fielding. Um, he's an unreliable fielder. And in some cases, 
um, looks dis, dis, you know, like he looks disinterested out there. Um, or else that he just doesn't read balls well. Like, you know, Something's he, he missed, seems, yeah. yeah, he seems to get a late break a lot. Um, sometimes he makes a beautiful catch. Other times, you know, it lands six feet away from him and you're, you know, having played the game, you, you're kind of questioning how somebody could be that far off um, when they have d- played their whole career and they played in the outfield their whole career. Um, but, um, you know, I think that uh, I think that Teo had a good run in Toronto. I feel like he'll probably help Seattle out. Seattle, I don't know if you guys have seen that weird um, thing where like 10 years ago, a guy predicted the next like 15 World Series champions. And Uh-oh. he's been right. He's been dead right even up to this year picking the Astros, and he's got the Mariners picked for next year. Oh, um, really? How many beers do we have to send that guy to get to the top of that list? I mean, it's bizarre. <laughs> well, he did it like 10 years ago. Like, it's crazy. Um, really? Well, yeah, I think no. a safe bet 10 years ago that the Blue Jays weren't going to be in that when you're looking at mid-Angry Bird era in that midst of that same yeah. situation. So, but, you know, I think that, that one of the big things, and I know we're going to discuss this, uh, you know, probably at, at length today, is, you know, it does free up some space in the outfield. And we were talking about sort of, you know, where are we weakest? And I think that it's, you know, it was middle relief and um, we got good players back. Um, I mean, anytime you can get a Canadian, uh, well, I guess he's, he's Canadian ish, Canadian, quasi Canadian, like quasi me. Canadian. Um, <laughs> you know, and a guy who's had a, you know, who had a pretty good year last year. I mean, you know, he's had some, some hiccups in the past, but had a really good year last year. I mean, yep it looks to me like a very good trade for the Jays. Um, and, you know, here's the hoping that, that down the road, it doesn't prove to bite us, but uh, um, you know, you got to throw it, you got to throw it into the wind with sometimes and hope, hope what you're, uh, what you're pushing for is, is, is equaled on the field. Yeah. And on that note, so basically the main trade in summary, I forget the gentleman and I know you guys just said it to me. So I'm that, that's just how horrible I am. So it's Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. There it is in unison. See, you guys are both better than me. What am I hosting? <laughs> <laughs> so Eric, Eric Macko comes back and mind you, he was a top prospect in the Seattle Mariners organization. He actually is literally being penciled into most preliminary 30 man prospect rosters for the Toronto Blue Jays in the eight and nine range. So he is automatically one of the best prospects in the Blue Jays minor league system post this trade. And then Eric Swanson is a, as Jason was just alluding to, somebody that has some very crazy swing and miss stuff and something that the Blue Jays were missing in their bullpen. I was reading some stat that he actually literally struck out 37% in the batters he faced this season. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Who does that? Do you guys know what he makes? Do you know what, what's what his salary is? Is it like one point something? Yeah. 1.4. And to that point, that's how relievers usually get paid. Unfortunately, they're not, making bajillions of dollars unless you are somebody like Craig Kimbrell or the crazy elite closer, you know, you're not making it. You're not making, you know, marquee level money, good money, (laughs) but maybe, you know, you're not using it. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, and not to mention you get to go out and play baseball all day. Yeah. We went to a Canadians game at the end of the year and Mako pitched. um, So I've actually seen him um, and they kind of made a big deal of it. They put up, you know, that he, he was from Stony Plain and blah, blah, blah. And um, so it was kind of neat. He th- throws the ball incredibly hard. Um, he needs a little fine tuning, but uh, I mean, he has a deadly strong arm and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be very interested to see, you know, sort of what training camp bears out for him. Yeah. And to that point, I think he actually made it all the way through double A last mm-hmm. year in the Mariners. So, yep. so he's positioned really well to probably even start with the lack of bullpen depth the Blue Jays have through their minor league system in Buffalo this year after that spring training invite. And guys like him and Yasver Zueleta are going to be the next in line to possibly take that job and run with it. So yep. very intriguing to be able to get. And then you get the guy like Eric Swanson that we had already went and mentioned that has crazy miss stuff out of the bullpen. Ken, we saw at the end of last season that not having that guy that could really just go out there and throw bullets and watch batters miss it and i'm not trying to call out guys here but for example the fact that adam simber gave up a couple of key little squib hits in those couple of games at the end and david yeah. phelps kind of did the same thing Th- those guys that are good relievers but they don't have that ability to miss bats 
do you think having somebody like Eric Swanson at the end of the day is possibly the, uh, you know, thing this bullpen was missing? Yeah, I did. I definitely think so. Just because of the fact that he brings some more depth to the team, right? I think the fact that he strikes out a lot of batters, you know, it's easier for the defense if the pitcher's striking everybody out, right? I mean, that that's what it is. It could almost be like, if you remember the Dwayne Ward, Tom Hankey combination, the setup and the closer kind of thing, maybe he can provide that kind of value to the team, right? So especially if it's a very tight game, we're maybe up by one or two runs. Maybe throw in Swanson in there just to see if we can wave off a few of those batters, set him up for Romano to close it off. So I think, uh, you know, he's welcome addition, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he performs. I think that's exactly it right now. It's uh, We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago that um, maybe the bullpen – or the bullpen is obviously a need if we can get the right pieces to it. Um, the outfield had that, like, there's got to be something we could tinker around here and play with to maybe get better defense out of it. Cause we were just crushing offense with it with a hurt George Springer. Even um, I think now this eases things up from the Teoscar and I will be the first to admit, I didn't see them coming trading Teoscar Hernandez in hindsight. This makes more sense because guys, they were He was on paper probably to make somewhere in the $16 million ballpark through yeah. arbitration this season because he made 14 this last one. Yeah. So he, he also had another good year, yeah. not the best of seasons, but definitely in the right direction for him to be able to get a guaranteed raise out of arbitration. So he was probably heading in that direction. Fine. Let the Mariners slip that bill. Um, we turn around and try to find somebody that hopefully can be an actual everyday center fielder and move George Springer maybe back to right field and give him some better legs to go through a whole season. It is saying something to be able to play center field all day, every day at the major league level, boys. 100%. Do you guys agree with me that getting him out of center fielder might actually help that the rest of that tenure he has with the Toronto Blue Jays? Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's, it's – Five more years? Yeah, it's a must. (laughs) You know, like you have got to get Springer into a place where he's not putting his body on the line as much as he is putting his body on the line. Um, Left and right field, you definitely don't get, you know, the kind of of depth balls hit to you that you have to be. I mean, Springer's fast enough to get there, but if he's playing left or right, he's running to those balls and catching them while he's still on his feet. Um, you know, I've, I've taken a look around. I mean, there's a lot of good options out there. I think, I feel like we're kind of down to, to like Brandon Nimmo and, and maybe Cody Bellinger. Um, I mean, I know that the giants seem to be going insane and just, you know, everybody's flying to, (laughs) to San Francisco to, to meet with the giants, you know, like if they get everybody there, they're, um, they're looking at the giants will be quite a team, um, after reading that uh, Aaron judge said it was the best meeting he'd had so far, um, which is on that note, I don't remember if you all remember all last off season, but famous Twitter host, I mean, baseball player, Marcus Stroman (laughs) (laughs) signed a contract with the Cubs. And then about two weeks in the spring training goes, yeah, I done screwed up. I should have signed with the giants. (laughs) Not even kidding. Literally an interview and then tweeted it out after it was two separate conversations. (laughs) How mean is that? So to that point, there's something cooking there in San Francisco. So Yeah. I don't know if they've just got a, um, you know, I went and looked at their lineup. I mean, they still have a, a, full, a full lineup. It's the same, like, you know, the Dodgers have kind of, have kind of liquidated and they've moved away from a bunch of their key guys that have gotten them sort of through the last five, six years. So, yeah. I mean, the, the Dodgers have probably more money than anyone to work with, but, you know, I think that the 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 Giants have the coach that they want. I feel like they've got the pitching rotation that they want. They just have to now start putting some of the pieces around that. And I think that's where maybe Nimmo becomes unattainable because maybe they can throw a little more money at him. But you know, I think that that Bellinger's a decent um, a decent. He's an excellent fielding you know center fielder. Um, yeah. He's got good miles still left on him. And I mean, he still hit, you know, 30 home runs last year. It's or more than that. I think he hit 40. Yeah. His batting average. That point, was, that's also one of the biggest he hits ballparks really well. in baseball. <laughs> he, he crushes the ball. And he, teammates love him. Uh, I was fortunate enough last year um, in the pandemic, I, I was a prize to this Dodgers um, uh, Zoom call. So it was all of the Dodgers. 
Um, it was uh, um, it was a really cool thing to be a part of, and kind of like a fan what, call, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was a little more private than that. It was a uh, uh, some of the coaches that um, little league coaches and stuff were were sent out this link, and it was pretty cool. To, uh, Dave Roberts talked quite a bit, and nice. But the thing that I noticed about it was, I mean, Clayton Kershaw is definitely the the guy in LA. Like everybody loves that dude, and he is like. He is the he could he could easily walk out of his job as a pitcher and take over with any job working as a coach for the Dodgers. Tomorrow. Hey, I'm here. Just show up the next spring training. Yep. Where you want yep. me? <laughs> and, and the one thing that he kept saying over and over again was how much Cody Bellinger was one of the most important, you know, if not the most important part of that team. Um, you know, he's and he was saying it in front of like all the people that were listening, and yeah. like Max Muncy is like, yep, and. Um, yeah, you know, like Mookie Betts is like, yep. And so there's got to be more to Cody. There's something always, to sauce. Yeah. I've heard lots of good things about Cody as a man. And I feel like, you know, he would fit in well with the group we've got. You know, he's kind of, kind of likes having fun. He's kind of a, a bit of a loose So let's cannon. just dive into that then. Yeah. <laughs> because that was next on the agenda. See, Cody Bellinger, <laughs> question marks. So on that note, segue points for you, Mr. Lyons. Thank you. <laughs> so um, on that note, Cody Bellinger has had one of the most interesting baseball careers of any baseball player over the last, I'd say, four or five years. He's been up. He's been down. He saved my fantasy baseball team from mediocrity one year as he was the near MVP with Carlos Beltran. And one, of, and honestly, one of the better Major League Baseball commercials over the last year with them two trying to one-up one each other for an MVP. Yep. <laughs> Look it up. It's fun. Um, to that point, I see where you're going, Jason, on the fact that he might be one of those dug dugout characters that would fit in very similar to what you were getting with Teoscar Hernandez and be able to take that other piece away, you know, let him play center field. Okay, great. Yep. He might be only here on a one-year deal to get his shit right, kind of like Marcus Semyon did a couple of years ago. And honestly, if I'm sitting there looking at the free agent market from the Cody Bellinger perspective, American League East ballparks spell how I get my damn game back. Yep. <laughs> so yep. they are notoriously known for being the hardest hitting Major League Baseball division in baseball. And that's not necessarily because the hitting is that good or the pitching's that bad on average, the uh, metrics show that the American League East ballparks, and this is, only been slightly skewed from the changes that happened in the Camden Yards, the Baltimore Orioles ballpark with them pushing the fence back a little bit. <laughs> it's been changed <laughs> enough. They literally did that. And of course the one year that probably could have helped them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They were for this sure. close. Yeah. Those few runs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you just took hundred runs know, off you, of the season. <laughs> when you compare Nimmo and Bellinger, um, they are almost deadlock the same. Like yeah. their stats are so similar, you know, one year age difference. They're the same, you know, basically both left -handed. Yeah, both <laughs> yeah. left handed. Only difference I'm seeing too, is that uh, I think Bellinger is about $10 million more worth more than, uh, than Nimmin. So, yeah. But Nimmo's yeah. going to get a big raise. That, that's what but I'm going to say. Like afterwards, like you had a decent season, right? So how good of a season do you get to get a big qualifying offer then? So is it just like we were talking about fast few episodes where it's like, you know, you're up to your last year and the qualifying offer has to be really high if you want to stick around. Is that how it works? Yeah, same kind of idea. That would have been the $19 million deal for one season nice. for them to come back. It was 19 and some seven, 19.7 some odd change or whatever the hell it was down the decimal slash comma point. <laughs> so, um, but to that point, I, I, Nimmo's in the right direction of this argument where he can probably get a multi-year deal. Bellinger just had a rough year after having another rough year and then was an MVP runner up the year before that. And so, so what happened to Bellinger I, in 20 and 21? Was this like massive hurt. injuries? Yeah, it was head and head and hurt. He was, I'd he say mind the, games is as much as physical, but yeah, he had the yips for a bit. Um, and then every time he came out of the slump, he was just like a savage. He'd hit like, he'd hit like 10 home runs in, in 11 games. <laughs> and then he'd just go, right back down into the into the toilet again correct um i think he was well i know i know he was definitely hurt two or three times within those but again i, I you know i think you're right that that he had a lot of trouble coming back i, I feel like he was scared yeah. um he wanted to be that guy 
And then it was nice to see him hit bombs this year. Like, I mean, he only hit 210, I think, but he, he did yeah. hit a ton of home runs. And 210, 19 home runs at 504 yeah. at bats. So crazy. If you're talking about buying low on somebody, I'm actually very not even against this idea at all. Yeah. And to that point, fine. I'm ready here. I'll give you the year amount you want, but put up or shut up. Yep. Yeah, 100%. the Blue Jays probably actually have the money to do that now that they freed up from Tay Oscar. You're talking they have about $14 million that they had committed to him last season. Probably we're yeah, looking at $16 million this year. If you give him the 19 for this one season and do a la Marcus Semien 2.0, yeah. you know, you get a great outfielder. And this is where you turn around and figure out the center field piece to it. But he can play some center field. He's definitely no slouch. I will give you the fact that he definitely doesn't push Springer out of that equation as much as we talked about a minute ago, I think. Mm -hmm. But um, worst case scenario, he's a healthy designated hitter bat that could help this lineup. Yeah. Because the other part of this equation is we're going to trade a catcher. So go ahead, Ken. Yeah, sorry. So do you guys think for all this extra money we have have open now, do we go all in on a, on a big name? Or do you think we might get a couple of names to and just split down the middle, I think? What do you guys think on that? I I think that th- there's a couple of big fish that if you land them, it changes the trajectory of what you are planning to do. Like the Giants are a perfect example of this. If they land Judge, that completely changes the trajectory of what they are trying to acquire, even though they have three or four spots they have to fill. The Dodgers are a different duck. They If the Dodgers were to get uh, Aaron Judge, they have lots of money. And they have lots of need. So they're still going to be hunting for, for, uh, you know, for quality players out of that group. You know, it's, I think if you're looking at guys like Nimmo and Bellinger, and there's about, I don't know, seven or eight others are sort of in that same wheelhouse. um, I don't think you're altering the, the entire franchise with any of these guys. I think you're, you're, you're finding something good. You're maybe getting two or three good pieces. um, You know, I often find that to be the best way to win. Um, sometimes you go for the, you know, you go for the the big shot and, and very rarely does it work. I mean, look, hockey and baseball are, are both really telltale. Like look at Eric, Eric Carlson in uh, St. Louis, or I mean, in San Jose right now, he's having mm-hmm. the best year of one of the best defensemen who's ever played the game. And he's on a con. He, he went. He took a flyer. I think he's making making like a million bucks, and he's yeah. crushing it. Now, is somebody going to be dumb enough to offer him a, a deal going past this? I don't know. I mean, guys get on heaters and they want to make money, and for some guys, it works great. Works great, and others, not so much. So, so I mean, to that point, you were just mentioning money on Nemo and whatnot. Um, the the salary ranges from everything I've been reading are all over the goddamn place. I can't give you a nice ballpark. <laughs> it's because you have people like we were talking about based on the metric that he, this is, he probably just had the best season of his major league career and he's never going to have another one like that. And then you have people saying that maybe this is the new baseline and there's it's everywhere, right? But the consensus in the industry is that he's going to get a five-year deal. Nemo? Yes, yeah. of oh. some amount of money. So sure. that's... And I think Cody, where Cody Bellinger's at, I think if you were to sign him and say, hey, you know what, Cody, we're either going to do two, we'll do two years. I think that would be the maximum you could offer Cody Bellinger. And to that or, point, I don't have a problem giving him the Robbie Ray deal. Nope. Get him a year to figure it out yep. and another year to crush it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and maybe he'll figure it all out. If he's actually healthy, to your point, Jason, he could be one of the best hitters in the American League if he's in a Blue yeah, Jay uniform. and he steals bases. He's He's fast enough to steal your bases. He's fast enough in the outfield that, yeah. like we said, you could that's a reduced risk for, for anyone else who's playing out there. It's easier for them. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like he's a turnkey, like a really good solution for what the Jays need. Um, I don't know why. It, it, it worries me a bit that people keep talking to him and nothing's happening. Um, I would have thought by now somebody would have sniped him, but so just because I want to be this person, you're not finding Nimmo. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that about 15 times and I'm like, I got to be the guy. I love it. I didn't want to name the uh, episode after it because that would have been just too damn obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. 
anyways, but to that point, if I, I'm leaning in your direction, Jason, if I'm looking at this on paper as a soul calculating baseball numbers guy, the yeah. least risk is by if you had to pick between the two, anyways. The least I mean, risk who else is you going go after Cohen, Bill, Cody Bellinger. Well, the problem is you mentioned on the free agent line, you dive into the Kevin Kiermeyer bin really damn quickly after these two. Yeah, or I mean, I guess Jock Peterson isn't a bad. I mean, he's so unathletic though. Yeah, Gallo is terrible. Um, Paul, but there's no enough. shift this year. Yeah, <laughs> and attendee. Like I mean, you know, it's. Ben Attendee got there. hurt right when the Yankees needed him at most. Yeah. It does I I don't I can't trust Andrew Benatendi. And I feel like as a as a Red Sox and being traded to where he got he might have done that on purpose a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of that, I, I know that I, I I had read that the Blue Jays actually tried to get Andrew Benatendi at the trade deadline with Whit Berryfield, and he refused to do the vaccination thing. Wow. Okay. Uh, that was a like I said, I read it. It wasn't exactly the best of sources, but usually these things kind of tend to have truth to it in some nature of it. Okay, if he wasn't ready to dive into a pennant race, but then he just decided to go or do it with the Yankees anyway. Yeah. But you yeah. know, he didn't have to do that next piece. And then about a week later, they lifted everything at the border, anyways. So That's it's true. like, oh, good thing we had that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but to that point, there's something something about Bell Ben Attendees game has always irked me and I don't know what it is. I've never been able to put my finger on it. It wasn't just the uniform he was wearing. And yeah. I just don't know how comfortable I am with him being in the team where Bellinger, I think he's the fit because like I said, it's a low risk. He's really at the end of the day, let's say you do give him that one year deal or, you know, Boris being his agent talks us into the second year. Okay, great. It's money for two years and we're going to get something out of him. I can't guarantee it's going to be anything super amazing, but there is that chance that he could be an MVP again. Yeah. He's 27. Still young. <laughs> exactly. Still young. He was 24. I think when he had that crazy season where he hit like 40 home runs and stuff like that. So it's only two, three years I'm removed from that. Yep. It's not distant memory, and good ball players tend to do good things. And the biggest thing for him is that year that he almost won the MVP, mind you, he was still a pull hitter then. Yep. Shifts were still and, a thing. Yeah, shift comes out this year, right? <laughs> yes. So the shift so, is gone for this coming season? It was only just to test it one season? No, they, no, they didn't. They, so the, the shifting thing has been slowly getting crazier and crazier over the last few years, Ken, and it's – uh this next coming year it's being abolished to some nature they haven't come out and full on said what the new rules are yet but the essence of the ruling that they're going toward is that position players will have anchoring around the position support for this podcast and the following message come from corient corient provides wealth management services centered around you they focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They're supposed to play. They're only oh, okay. allowed to go so many feet, meters, whatever, <laughs> in each direction. So if that's the case, you might get a shortstop playing up the middle, but it's only one guy playing up the middle, you know, with the center fielder. It's not drastically shifting all nine players <laughs> over into one side to get somebody yeah. like Ben Attendee out. So it frees up some space for somebody like him that makes hard contact with line drives to actually land the ball in doubles territory instead of gloves. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's my personal belief. If I'm sitting there looking at those two on paper, either any of you two want to chime in on the Nimmo versus Bellinger conversation, which has been really circulating and getting its paces around Blue Jays Twitter of late. It's, it's a tough one to call, right? Because you said their their stats are very similar. I mean, if you go with Bellinger, he could have that MVP-like season. Where I find this Nimmo's been very, at least somewhat kind of consistent with what he's kind of going for. So he might be, quote-unquote, the safer choice. Because if for some reason Bellinger doesn't hit his stride, and like you said, if he's off for a few games for whatever reason, he has that, it takes him that that way to get back into it again, right? So but when he hits the ball, he hits it a mile. So... I don't know what you want to do. It depends on how we want to future plan this thing. Are we going to try to win the World Series next year? Well, I mean, Seattle says they're supposed to win, right? Apparently, to according to that expert. So, do we want to give Screw it? Screw what him? the guru says. Yeah. <laughs> Take this shit. Do, yeah. <laughs> do we want to give it? A, do you want to go all in for a year, or do we want to stretch it out for at least two, three years to see what the project is like? So here's the other fun of that wrinkle to your point, Ken, and I think this might help with the decision on that whole thing. Let's say you throw five years at. Nimmo right now and it's for a sizable chunk of money it's probably let's just say for the sake of argument it's somewhere pushing 20 or around 20 um i don't think he gets that at the end of the day but just for our sake of argument with this conversation now you have that money locked up in your outfield you have kevin gossman locked up you have george springer for another five years you see the dollar signs starting to add up yep somewhere i have to spit spread money in there to pay vlad mm-hmm. kirk or Jansen, then I have to find room for Boba Shet. Boba Shet, yeah. And then we're going to also eventually have more guys coming into that equation too. Alec Manoa, I'm sorry to say, is going to get probably the biggest payday of any Blue Jays pitcher in history. Oh yeah, just <laughs> saying. <laughs> I, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to jump on. And I like Nelson. Nelson put a, a great com- uh, comment in the. Uh, in the chat, oh. if you guys uh, can see it, oh, okay. he's right. He's right on Conforto. I mean, that guy's making half a million right hey, now. Look at that, Nelson's back. Yeah. <laughs> Stop, Nelson. Um, but I wanted to. I wanted to. As an aside, did anyone else read the article or or see the the episode of um, uh, the guy from the Raptors, um, the the cooking show? Uh, oh, Serge Ibaka. Yeah, Serge Ibaka's <laughs> cooking show where. Uh, uh, Manoa said the biggest cheater in baseball history is Alec Manoa. Um, <laughs> oh, no, sorry. It's, it's that was Garrett the other Cole. way. Garrett Cole's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Manoa said that, that Make Cole. sure he comes by the Audi side if he's saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it, that Too is going to make stuff. for, um, you know, a serious, serious, um, battle next year wherever you know when the jays when the jays are playing the yankees yeah it'll just be... remember this aaron judge ain't gonna be there to hold uh the big fella the big dumb cole back next time yeah <laughs> yeah so it's gonna be that interesting but to that point it's not a not the worst idea in the world you know honestly nope. conforto's in that same kind of ballpark yep. of for sure he, he would fit this lineup really well he's a hell of a gamer Obviously, never got healthy enough even to stick last year, even after a few teams did audition him. I want to say, actually, it might have been the Seattle Mariners that were actually going to sign him, and then he failed a physical or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) there you go. There's why you go after Teoscar Hernandez if you're the Mariners, right? Yeah. 100%. So 
that makes sense. But to that point, that's two good bats that the Blue Jays could get there, both left-handed bats. Yep. And balance around and do something what they – now they didn't have Ramal Tapia, who was non-tendered the other day. Yeah. Yep, so he's technically a free agent. The Blue Jays could, yes, sign him over again. But if they turn around, honestly, that's an upgrade. You have somebody like Inforo to be your fourth up, fourth outfielder. He can play both corners. You use Springer and Bellinger to be your swings in the center field. There is a nice little roulette you can get going there with four yep. guys and have some good pop and get that balance between DH, fourth outfielder, so on and so forth. Still get Vladdy a day randomly to DH yep. and so on. I, and I think there's some good can, things there. Great insight, couple, Nelson. A couple of guys that can play outfield for the Jays right now. Like I don't mind Whit Merrifield out there. I don't mind. Um, uh, there's you know there's a few guys that if you get into a jam and Vladdy needs a day off or whatever the case may be, yeah. you can throw a guy out there and um, they'll do a good job. But I do think that, that and to be even that person, Loris Gurriel Jr. We actually saw play a solid first base before he yeah. got hurt too. So yeah. there's some all over pieces that they had to play with in the toolbox there. I feel like baseball is going in that direction where you're going to see guys who are a little bit more Swiss army knife, um, which Uber is great. Athletic. Yeah. Which is great for kids <laughs> that are coming up because I mean, if you sign with, you know, if you sign with the Yankees and the Yankees sign Rizzo to a 10 year deal and you're the, you're the kid that's playing first base for their farm team, you're never going up unless he gets hit by a bus. And, <laughs> I mean, you, you don't want to wish you will, but I've heard so many stories about players who have just about made it in baseball. And because of their positioning, they have to, to pivot. And in some cases, they can be successful. I mean, look at Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson was a catcher, a catcher. when he came up. Yeah, really. And case in point, oh. Blue Jay history. Carlos Delgado was a catcher. Yes. yes. True. <laughs> I remember that. Um, 1993 World Series champion, Carlos Delgado, catcher. Yep. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's the ability for somebody, you know, like a guy like, like even a, a guy like, like um, Cody Bellinger, he can play one. Uh, I mean, he's a left-hand throwing. Yep, he did that before, you know, too. Yeah. yeah, he's tall. Um, you know, he's a good athlete. And so, you know, you, you, you've got to be able to start to use some of these these assets that you have, you know, in different ways, I feel like for just just yeah. for the just for the sole sake of being able to guys need more rest. Like, I mean, I was never a big proponent of what, you know, sort of what the uh, the the Golden State Warriors or, you know, some of the NBA teams that will sit their entire starting lineup. I mean, fans are paying top dollar to go see the game. Throw Curry out there for a little bit. Throw throw somebody out there for a little bit. You know you can't have them doing not nothing. But right. you know that being said, it's it is one thing that if you do have the dog days yeah. and you want to get some guys some rest, you've got to have some guys where you can throw them in wherever you feel like. But yeah, if you're gonna throw your eggs into a basket like Cody Bellinger, the, the Michael Conforto thing almost looks too freaking similar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I knew it was pretty damn close uh, to Nelson's point here to lump them together in this comment here and get us talking on this tangent, which is great, by the way. Um, and Blue Jays fans, you got any more insight out there, please let us know. We hear you on all social media and everything right to our feed here. Apparently, Jason's the only one watching it, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. What's a message um, board? What are you talking about? What? Right? A message board? I'm, I'm so used <laughs> to not having it. We all these new toys. Um, so, um, in uh, 2020, Obviously, that was the shortened season. Conforto batted 322 with nine yeah. home runs and 31 RBIs. Couldn't quite put that to hold together over 125 games the next season, but doubled the home run total, similar in the RBIs still, regardless. There's something to that, you know, especially yep. when you're looking for an extra fourth outfielder, a guy that can come in and spell everybody and just be maybe a presence off the bat, off the bench. Yeah, for sure. It's a good spot there for yeah. the former 10th round overall first pick in the 2014. Wow. <laughs> so that's Conforto. We got a lot of first round draft picks in this free agency market this year. Bellinger, um, some of the other guys we were ch chatting about and including, this is where I get the segue points. <laughs> the other guy I want to talk about because there's this wonderful thing going on in Blue Jays land that our buddies over at Jays Journal were talking about this week. And there is some really good lineups that for trades between the Cardinals, 
in the Toronto Blue Jays. So we can swap yeah. some birds around here, not flipping any. <laughs> so maybe that's post trade. But the Cardinals just lost probably the one of the best career catchers in all Major League Baseball history in Yandy Molina. They are now vacant and don't have a great substitution for that going on behind the dish for a very good young pitching staff that isn't going to also boast getting Jack Flaherty back this season, who was projecting to be being get derailed this off this season as being one of the Cy Young candidates before last season. So that there's a lot going on in, in St. Louis there for this to be a good position for them to be diving in for a catcher and the say the free agent market's a little lacking is being nice outside of Wilson Contreras of the former Cubs alumni here. Now there's not a ton of great catching. The no Blue Jays. Meanwhile, have, as we've talked about on this show ad nauseum, we have three amazing catchers <laughs> and they're going to be looking for the most major league, excuse me, major league ready of them all because they want to win this year. They're not looking at somebody like Gabriel Moreno and going, yeah, that's the guy I'm going to have for my future. They're looking solely at Jansen and Kirk. Yeah. And to anchor a pitching staff, this is no offense to Kirk. When you're looking at those two verbatim on paper, you have somebody in Danny Jansen that has a proven track record of being a solid backstop. The offense has finally come in where you have the flip of that with Alejandro Kirk, where he, until this year, was more bat than anything. So I have a strange feeling that there are going to be some phone wires burning up between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Toronto Blue Jays. But now you're probably wondering, who the hell is Craig talking about getting back in return, though? I was about to ask you that, Craig. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, Mr. Ken. (laughs) They have a little bit of an embarrassment of riches in outfielders. I don't think they're going to trade their best outfielder in Tyler O'Neill to us. But in all reality, on paper, straight up for one of our solid catchers, maybe with a throw-in sweetener minor league guy, not a far ask. And then you look at, um, I think it's, um, I forget his name. It's the guy that's got Lombor. I <laughs> I forget it. But the guy I'm looking at is Dylan Carson's center fielder. Hey, I like plus, him. Plus defensive skills. Was a guy that crushed the ball throughout the whole minor leagues. And I believe his, uh, I think he did one year of college before he went into the major league draft. Something like that. So yep. anyway, former first round draft pick in 2016. Um, for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's went through that whole system, and he's had a little bit of trouble adjusting with the bat at the major league level. He's shown enough that there's plenty going on in the right directions there, but he hasn't been able to put it together in like a crazy cliff like he did in the minor leagues. It sounds a lot like the bat of Danny Jansen. Right. (laughs) Right. So maybe we have that next piece to take his game over the top, and we have the asset that the Cardinals need in return. Gentlemen, yeah. what do you think? So we said we would. You thinking we would get if we give either Jansen or Kirk, and it sounds like you're saying we we get we give give them Kirk. We can get Carlson and, and a minor leaguer. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Craig? I'm thinking Which we would probably have to, to. I think we can get Carlson for one of our catchers straight up. If not, oh, like sure. I said, maybe one. we have to give them that last little bit because we're getting a guy that's usually catchers aren't just as highly valued as a center fielder. Usually your best athletes on the field are your center fielder and your shortstop. Mm-hmm. That would yeah, be I mean, where the arguing point would be. For me, I mean, if you're if you're doing it, then I think that um, I think that the the big thing with that is, you know, we're obviously we know we're going to lose one. I feel like Jano is the right loss, um, whether I'm right or not in this. I feel like <laughs> I agree with you because I love Kirk, and, and I feel like. <laughs> I feel like Danny Jansen's trade value is is quite high right now. He 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 calls a great game. Um, he has had very few pass balls um, in, in his, his career. Um, he's an excellent defensive catcher, and that's what they would be walking away from is one of the best defensive catchers to ever play. Um, 
and you know, getting some of the offense from early Yandy back. Yeah, and I mean the the Cardinals are a pretty hard hitting team, anyways. Like, I mean, if they can sl- slash a good right handed bat in there, and then if they can get a lefty from uh, from something else, I know that the one of it's funny when you when you look up um, the, the the perspective teams looking at uh, at uh, Bellinger and all those guys, they're all the same. It's the Jays, the Cardinals, the yeah, the, it's basically so, any good free agent. Insert Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are in the hunt. Um, yeah, I just mean, just like in I, the Anthopolis years, we were always in the hunt, just couldn't yeah. close. <laughs> I feel like Jano's the one to go. Um, I feel like Jansen's the right trade to make if they're gonna make it. Um, and I mean, you just with that one, you kind of got to roll the dice, you, you have no idea what's gonna you know, what's going to happen with those guys. Um, I mean, I know that, that Carlson is a pretty solid baseball player. Um, but again, um, I've just looked at some of his stats. He's, you know, he hasn't, he, he has a decent average. He's got decent stats, but yeah. not great stats. That next piece yeah. hasn't been taken yet. Yeah. I'm he doesn't hit a lot of home runs. Unlock, but he's yeah. always played solid defense in the center field. Yeah. He's that young. Is my piece. Young, he is young. Big dude. He is young. Yeah. So he this could be a breakout season if we do actually decide to trade, you know, one to one, right? So yeah. it's either going to be we're going to be expecting between eight to eighteen home runs out of him and all that sort of stuff, but you never know. He could have a breakout, maybe hit twenty twenty five. You never know, right? He, he has to it. me. He spells one of those guys that is a regular season from him. He's kind of pushing two sixty, two seventy, like he did in his twenty twenty one season. Yeah, that was but in the Blue season, Jays lineup, he. Could that could be 20 home runs in the American League versus the National League Central yep. pretty easily. Yep. In our lineup, that could be well, the amount of doubles he could pepper in in the ballpark. That could be a 100 RBI season if he's batting between like Springer, then him, then Vlad and Bo. And you know what I mean? Because he's got the legs to be able to do it up at that top part of the lineup. Yeah. And that's so, the other thing too is he hasn't hit in a very good position with the cards. So um, he, he's, he's been at the bottom of the order. Um, you know, so you're getting the, you're getting the best pitches thrown with no threat on either side of you. They're not worried Correct. about the guy behind you. So and the Cardinals hadn't discovered that whole, let's put our best guy in the first spot. Yeah. So yeah. him getting that flip turn around the lineup, wasn't helping him. He had to no. do it himself. No, I'd love to get O'Neill. He would be yeah, my guy. I would scream to get, but I doubt if you're looking at that outfield, they're not building on Dylan Carson's anymore. They're building on Tyler O'Neill. Right. Right. So, which is just, it just shows you how fickle that baseball is. <laughs> you know, hey guys, let me ask you guys a question. And sorry. So, so, for all the players we've talked about, have any of them shown any interest in coming to Toronto? Out of the free agents, I yes. will give you um, no news is not real to me. Right. It's, the Blue Jays can be as interested as anybody else, but. That's what I'm kind of curious. You haven't heard right? about any of them taking a trip to go see the stadium or anything like that. Yeah, or that's meet what with I'm kind them of... down the player development center in Florida. And I'm sorry, I'm done cutting you off. Yeah, no, <laughs> no problem. It's just because I want to know, like, all right, so we have all these op- all, all these potential options here, and you know, do we go in on any of them? But the question is too: is it do they want to play in Toronto? Are they open to the idea of it? Right. So I guess yeah. no news is kind of good news, right? Because if they blatantly said, "I don't want to play in Toronto," <laughs> then yeah, just push them aside right because we've unfortunately we've made some mistakes not just i think I, i'm just thinking of like hockey and, and basketball where we've tried to pull players in where they really didn't want to play here and they no. just didn't perform and if we're even even if we're going to spend even just a little bit of money i, I want to make sure that we're getting a good return on our investment of someone who of people who actually want to play in toronto yeah. and they're excited to see the team that we have they're putting on the field so you know i guess no news is good news yeah the blue I mean, jays I, current I brand like- is the best marketing ploy it by the way ever i think <laughs> because yeah. you have everything going for this team that you possibly could have going for it you don't sell tickets right now they're just giving them away right <laughs> so i also feel like like baseball is a bit of a different like there certainly is some want to go there's you know like there are some guys that do you know like they, they do want to go somewhere like i yeah. back to cody bellinger he wanted to go you know he w- wants to stay in la he can't so, I mean, it's, you know, I think that you, you get some guys who are, um, who go and they, I don't know. I mean, Toronto's a good city. Um, most of them have been there. Um, I, you, you, you Bellinger's know, definitely been there. Yeah. And so you, you, you probably don't get too many guys 
in this day and age that are saying, ah, I don't want to go there. I mean, money's, you know, money's green on both sides of the border. I mean, I know that there's, you know, some guys don't love playing in Canadian, in Canadian cities, but I feel like that's kind of, you know, gone now. Like, I, you know, it's, it's just, I think that it, it, it speaks more to the guys they know on the team and stuff like that. Like you, you almost see guys staying together in small little groups rather than, you know, sort of being more concerned about a city. Um, yeah. And coaches, I guess, much play into it too, because, you know, I, I know that, that baseball is a game where you spend a lot of time with your coach. And so I would think if it was me and I was a free agent, that would be something certainly that I would be putting, you know, as a large consideration is who is the coach? How does he, you know, what is he like with the players? Like, you know, what am I going to be, you know, what's, what's my job going to be? And so I don't know. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. But Ken, you look like you had something else on your mind. No, no, no that, that's all I wanted to know. Just because, like, I, I don't want this to turn this into like, back in the old days when back in hockey, when Eric Lindros did not want to play for the Quebec Nordiques, so he gets drafted. And he's just holding a hat, not even putting it on. Hey, or... Jim Kelly didn't want to play for Buffalo either. Just saying. Really, <laughs> Kelly didn't want to play. That is one of really? the be- best stories in sports, by the way. If you ever Steve want to Francis look up something, yeah, Steve Francis. <laughs> Steve Francis. <laughs> Jeez. Um, if you haven't watched it, the Four Falls of Buffalo was one of those uh, thirty for thirty. It's uh, a documentaries about the Super Bowl years for the Toronto for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, Toronto Blue <laughs> the Buffalo Bills, where they lost all four of those Super Bowls in a row. I lived through that, and the beginning of that, Ken, was the fact that they got the quarterback in the draft that they wanted. And he goes, no, I'm never going to play a game in Buffalo. And that was Jim Kelly. He played really? two years, three years in the what it was, what was nicknamed the Donald Trump Football League that failed. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and then wow. he was all of a sudden a free agent, didn't have anywhere to play after that ball, after that uh, league went under. Yep. And Ralph Wilson and the Bills just talked him into it. And he goes, come up here, give it a try. I promise if you don't like it, you can leave. I'll let you go. <laughs> he ended up falling in love, and he still lives in Buffalo to this day in the six feet of snow I fucking told you about earlier. <laughs> so just saying, the, the community of Buffalo swallowed him in, just like uh, how any Toronto Blue Jays fan will immediately jump on any good person that jumps and joins this team. And I do feel that that is actually a genuinely known fact throughout Major League Baseball players at this point. They see how passionate our fans are. They see that we have random jerks like this that aren't even getting paid to do shows and talk all offseason about it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's something to that. And I think it does sell it to the point where they will come and – Hey, we got George Springer here. We got Ryu here. We've gotten all the big fish over the last few years, or at least one of them. Yep. So. I think this next week is telltale. Next week is super telltale as to, to you know, where these guys are going to land. We're going to start to see the landscape change. I mean, Judge is the first. Judge has got to land. So as soon as Judge lands, then everyone can stop, you know, talking about it and we can move on to regular stuff. Um, I'm hoping that Bellinger gets an offer before that. I'm hoping it's with the Jays, but you know, the, there's there's key cogs that need to to fall first, and then it'll get. We may have to do a midweek show if that happens, because uh, that'd be about five. You know, be about ten signings a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, if if we ever get this not slow drip thing, where like obviously this past week where we got just had only the Teoscar Hernandez news, if we get starting to if we get two rapid fire things in a row, we are going to have those. Oh, by the way, we're having a show episode, or we're going to dive on Twitter yeah. and do one of the spaces events and talk to all the Blue Jays fans, which we're going to yeah. do again soon in the very new future, anyways, and get, get some feedback directly with Blue Jays fans. But on that note, gentlemen, that is my agenda for this evening. So unless either of you have a topic you would like to talk about, some random Blue Jay shenanigans, anything in either of your ballparks that you would like to chit-chat? I don't think anything aside from uh, outside of the point, uh, go Argos, since we just won the Great yes. Cup just a few there days a, ago. There was a so. new champion in uh, Toronto this week. <laughs> yep, so I, Toronto does win something. I, I don't know how to yeah, say Great Cups. <laughs> I don't know how to say this without offending a whole bunch of people, but I was actually. <laughs> but anyway, well, I say this offensive thing. <laughs> I, I, I was actually. I woke up Sunday morning, and um, m- my mother uh, sent me a text and said, "Are you having a Grey Cup party?" And I said, 
the what's Grey the Cup's Grey on today. What's the, what's the Grey <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's kind of cool that the quarterback from the Lions is going to get a sniff down in the NFL. He's a very talented athlete. Yep. I mean, we're so we were very lucky to have him. But I mean, it's it's so interesting to see how the majority of my generation just does not gravitate to the CFL at all. Like, I mean, it's, it's strange. In fact, like I'll get offered lions tickets all the time. And I mean, it's, you know, I, I barely ever go. And when I do go, I find the value good. Like the yeah. football is good. Yeah. Um, we actually went, my wife and I, we actually went, I believe a few months ago to a game against the Winnipeg blue bombers. And, uh, it was for I think they were trying to get more people back into BMO BMO Field because you know I think it was for all healthcare workers. My wife was there and she oh, won nice. tickets and we went and this is where I got all the stuff right. So I was like, <laughs> oh, go to a game, buy some merch, right? And yeah. it was actually very exciting. Right? I thought you and were just trying to be my old co-host Brandon Panikar, who has season tickets and clearly had a good <laughs> good time the other day. Shout out, no, Brandon. It, it's really good. <laughs> the only thing missing was the snow because apparently I like seeing sometimes the Great Cup games in snow, but did you guys know what the average salary of a I guess a rookie in uh, the CFL? I guess be. it's not as much as a Major League Baseball minimum. 35,000? <laughs> 70k Canadian. Ouch. 35,000 US. Maybe 35,000 US. <laughs> but the funny really thing is it goes up by it Holy goes shit, up by a up lot, up though, right? It goes up by a lot once they hit year three. And I can't remember. It goes, I think, the six figures are Canadian. So I'm like, good. But so you, told me you had to survive those first two seasons. Just And apparently all first two, like rookies and second years, all make that same base salary yeah. in the CFL, yeah. regardless of the team. Yeah. But hmm. Their goal is to just last long enough to make it to third, where you actually get a little bit more money. But it would be nice if they had more money out there. But, uh, you know, I don't know if they need more teams, better marketing. But- because the to game be itself person, seems fine. We have right? the demographic here. I'm sorry to say I, I'm the outside looking in as I have the Buffalo Bills, like like I said, an hour away. <laughs> but to that point, Jason just said that he's just old enough that he's never got really into it, but enjoys watching it when he happens to be there and goes, yep. can you be in that little, like the, you know, we have the all three age, main core age demographics on this show now between the three <laughs> of us. Jason, then me, then Ken. <laughs> so... Maybe in that little bit of difference there is, you know, that the fact that they have made that up, that ground up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they're getting back to, you know, making that that much more marketable. But that's just how things roll sometimes. Yes. And maybe that means more salaries in the future if they continue on that trend. I, I almost feel like the there would be some benefit in the CFL teams affiliating themselves with NFL teams. Like, like whether a, like a feeder system kind of thing. Yeah, or, or it doesn't even necessarily have to be that. Even if it was just like if the Argos were marketed with a group that was like the Jets, the Giants, the Bills, the you know what I mean? Uh, like, I see what you mean. Like having they, they, like an NFL partner, not yes. an affiliate. Yes. And so like maybe you know, two times a year. Josh Allen comes up and, and, you know, it hangs with the Argos. And, yeah. <laughs> in his Argos gear and, you know, or whatever the case may be, but they just, they, I feel like they marketed really well to kids this year. Um, they really tried to get, you know, like sort of the, the 11 to 15 year old kids out this year by giving away free tickets, but I don't think they do a good enough job in retaining those kids because I mean, what what do I watch on Sundays? I watch the NFL. I don't I don't watch the CFL. Um, yeah, well, and it's I don't it's know what you mean about my gambling addiction going on <laughs> on my phone. And <laughs> well, apparently, too. I mean, I think Fancy there was. Football. I think I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson was trying to do some type of partnership with the XFL and the CFL, and that didn't go through. And I was thinking, no. man, that would have been an interesting opportunity for they're trying to build both leagues up. And I think for because it seems like it's NFL or nothing. And even if well, you're like a really top level player, but you just don't have enough to make that. I don't know how many yeah. man rosters in the NFL. Well, that, because I made the yeah. joke earlier. I have to say this. Donald Trump tried to compete with the NFL back when, and he failed. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There it is. We'll it's see. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm done. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm, that, that's it for me though, Craig. I can't think of anything else. Uh, unless Jason, you have anything else to add? No, I'm just uh, excited to uh, – I'm excited to see where some of these ducks land. And, um, you know, I, I'm – I'm all, it always it always um, fires me up. You know, like one of my sons is a huge Dodgers fan, and so he's had a real rough week this week with them just dropping guys. <laughs> Bleeding and everybody. We're not going to sign guys. And, you know, so 
the team that he's sort of spent the last six years with knowing and loving is now about to just be exploded. And so he's seeing his first sort of example of, of why it's hard to be a fan for a team for a long time. Like, you know, uh, Cody Bellinger is his favorite player. He, My son Jet is a lefty, throws left, plays first, plays the outfield. There you go. He, he is, he is, we call him little belly. And the <laughs> funny thing about it is <laughs> I said to him, I'm like, will you switch to being a Jays fan if he gets traded there? And he's like, yes. So, I mean, I feel like, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like there's lots of, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's tons of stuff that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And I'm just excited that we can, yeah. uh, you know, we can sort of, talk to about be it. that person fandom always comes around i was a diehard roberto alomar fan so i was always a blue jays fan but when he was like you said it on this show a few times jason you follow your favorites yep. and usually it's a player that's your favorite as well not just your team that you're yep. you know infatuated with um there was a little stint where i was rooting for the baltimore orioles there's a little stint that i was rooting for the cleveland indians <laughs> there's a little <laughs> bit there but to that point I never lost my core faith of, you know, being, you know, in the church of Blue Jays fandom here. <laughs> so, but there was always that person to root for, especially it was pretty easy to root for the uh, Orioles those few years when he was yeah. in that uniform, because we were yeah. pretty damn bad outside of Roger Clemens <laughs> yeah. and Pat Hankin, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyways, Blue Jays fans, it's another wonderful week here on Jaybird watching. It has been myself, Craig Borden, Ken Alfred, Jason Lyons, bringing you your podcast pleasure fun here all week, every week. And make sure you join us on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you get your social media from at BirdwatchingGC, because I'll tell you that story at some other time on why the hell it's not Jaybird watching. <laughs> but to that point, also listen in on YouTube, anywhere you get your live streams from. And anywhere you get your actual podcasts from Spotify, iTunes, all the good fun stuff. Yep. So until the typical fellas, regular sign off and get on until next Tuesday at seven o'clock. No. Yep. <laughs> all right. One, two, three. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Thank you Blue for Jays. listening to the Jaybird watching podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdwatchingGC and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Woo! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.